In the Garden with Peter Burke, author of the uh, year-round indoor salad gardening and, of course, on the web at thedailygardener.com. In the Garden with Peter Burke is brought to you by The Willie Store, your true value hardware store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By these flowers and garden shops serving you with all your gardening needs. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, your full-service florist with over 40 greenhouses in Colchester. Find Clausen's online at Clausen's.com. And check the Monday coupons at Clausen's. They give you great, great values. Also by Montpelier Agway, Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden, serving you with all your needs all year round. Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden. Also, by Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you. Your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal, and yard store, with locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston. They're online at guysfarmandyard.com. By Grow Compost of Vermont. Grow Compost, soils, mulches, and expert gardening advice. On Route 2 in Moortown. Online at growcompost.com. Also by PR Lumber Incorporated, your complete local lumber store on Route 15 in Wilkes. And I'm just looking over my shoulder here into the luxuriously appointed Studio B. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I want to thank you for saving that spot out there in front for me. It was perfect. It was <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we just shooed him away. <laughs> well, well I, I, uh, I, the reason we're laughing is I did a class at the uh, city market, just and I finished at 12 o'clock, and then I raced here and just made it. I literally just put the headphones on, so... <laughs> Well, I thought you'd be in the garden stuck in mud up to your knees. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was driving down the highway in the water. Yeah. It was uh, the... Um, but what a fun class. It was a square foot gardening class. Oh, and, good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have a, a great room there at the uh, city market. It's really, really a nice place to present and all that stuff, so... Anyway, a lot of like-minded uh, people into organic everything there. <laughs> That's I would say so, and yeah. it's always interesting to me because you get a mix of people who, um, you know, have, are experienced and are thinking about using beds instead of, and then there's a bunch of people who have maybe just bought a house or they've never gardened or they want to try to improve, and you know, so it's a nice mix of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess people can uh, find you uh, online. Give your website because, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the the Daily Gardener, and 
you just uh, type that in there. Nowadays, there's so many Daily Gardeners out there. There's Daily Gardener LLC or Daily Gardener this or that. But uh, it's Peter Burke, you know, at, uh, and the Daily Gardener. So, well, we, we uh, invite our listeners to call in with gardening questions mm-hmm. and uh, comments about mm-hmm. how things are starting in your world and that our local uh Numbers are 802, number is 244-1777, and 877-291-8255, toll-free for most anywhere. And uh, it, it's, it was nice uh, buying my, uh, my peat pots and, my, uh, and uh, really getting the sunroom all kind of set and getting myself a, a heated garden blanket mm-hmm. to yeah. start them. That was advice oh, that I took Oh, yeah, last you week. did that, huh? Yes, I oh, did. Oh, good. Yeah, so. Good. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, uh, something that I try to do every year is is try something new, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and of course there are just so many uh, varieties that are new to try, but also something that's maybe very common but I've never tried. Uh, one year I tried leeks because I'd never grown them before. I've always just bought them, and uh, boy, that that was so much fun and so productive that we we kept doing that every year afterwards. And uh, uh, I'd like to hear uh, from you guys to tell me what you guys uh, you know uh, grew that was something new to you, and uh, that's. Um, uh, a lot of fun in the garden. It sort of keeps you interesting, interested, and um, and sometimes you find out things that you just never knew about. And uh, in one case, uh, you know, spinach is is one of my favorites. Uh, I love fresh spinach and cooked spinach and you know every kind of spinach there is. But uh, once uh, June comes and the really warm weather starts to come, uh, spinach will bolt pretty quickly. Uh, you can, you know, you can get a cutting or two off of it in, in uh, May, but uh, if uh, last year we had a, a, a hot spot in in May and the radishes all just went, went to, a, a, you know, they bolted and the spinach bolted and all the rest. So uh, a neighbor of mine, uh, Judy, said, and this was quite a few years ago. She said, "Oh, um, she's found this new thing at Fedco in uh, uh, called perpetual." Spinach. If you don't know uh, Fedco Seeds, they're over in Maine, and they they sell lots of great stuff. And um, she said, you have to try this because it's actually uh, called Perpetual Spinach, and uh, there's a lot of different names for it, but that's one that I know. Um, It's actually part of the uh, Swiss chard family. And so it is, uh, it's fine in the hot weather, but this particular variety, it has a leaf about the size of your hand and then a, a, a very small, uh, tender, uh, stem. And so I, you know, tried it and it was great. And, and so I grow it every year now. I mean, it was really super good and delicious, fresh. Um, you know, right for the garden. I used it in everything that I used spinach for, you know, whether we cooked it or steamed it, um, stir fry, uh, I used it in soups. uh, And it it was a a perfect substitute for spinach. And, you know, 
it froze up good too. My, uh, I, I always look back to my grandparents' garden mm -hmm. in New Jersey when I, my uh, paternal grandparents, uh, and of course they brought a lot of ideas from Czechoslovakia with mm. them when they uh, immigrated around 1919 or thereabouts. Uh, the, but uh, the interesting thing is that they. Swiss chard, they grew so much Swiss chard yeah, that I yeah. thought it was a common, I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. of course it's, it's a known vegetable. At that time I thought it was. I thought yeah. it was as common as, as peas and carrots, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, really over the years I've had a lot of people have no idea about Swiss chard. But yeah, in terms of uh, bolting spinach, I look at the seeds and some of them say that they are slow to bolt. Slow to I bolt, tell you, yeah. they all bolt. They all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have found that uh, in the case of spinach, it's best to plant the spinach in um, September and October and let it winter over. Yep. And then it'll come up and you will have the best, the best tasting spinach that you've ever had. So um, I'll I'll shake out all of my packets that I have for that, you know, are still in my seed box and just use them up in, in uh, September and October. And, and I'll plant a whole bed, four-foot bed of just spinach. It, this is a total aside, but yeah. I have I have pet finches, little yeah. uh, zebra finches, mm -hmm. and I I I buy in the supermarket baby spinach all year round. Those birds love really? they gobble it up. Yeah, no kidding. I have a I have a, a you know a proper bird seed mix that I buy for uh -huh. for for finches, and that has all the vitamins and everything. But they say you can augment it with uh, with certain vegetables. At any rate, uh, every morning I give them a good handful. And there's only three of the birds. I give them. A good handful of, of spinach it's all gone by the oh, next morning you know? for heaven's sakes yeah. i'd never heard of that i've or, heard of oranges and suet and peanut butter and all those other things but uh, fresh spinach well outdoor birds like the orioles love the oranges believe yeah. it or not yeah. and they're orange themselves in yeah. part which is kind of interesting it, it is yeah you yeah. can put a hang an orange in a tree and i put or, i put orange and grape jelly for them and they eat it that's what really? orioles eat Oh, orange, you mean put the jelly on the orange? No, no. Have, oh, the oh. feeder actually has a couple of nails, that just spikes that you put the orange on. Yeah. And then there's two little dishes for... <laughs> For the, for the, I'm not kidding. Get out. And they really? come in, yeah, and I'm like, I'll, I'll uh, put some of the pictures on my uh, Facebook of uh, my Orioles at my Oriole feeder. I'll know? be darned. Yeah. I'll be but darned. at any rate, uh, yeah, the baby spinach, it, it amazes me. I, it, you know, because I don't seem to see birds, any birds, eating the spinach out in, in the garden. It's yeah. bunny rabbits that seem to yeah. take care of that. Yeah. But uh, no, my little birdies love, love or, uh, well, I buy organic baby spinach for them. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's nice because it's so available now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it wasn't something you'd ever get in the store years ago. Um, it was uh, basically uh, iceberg lettuce. That was your your lettuce. Now there's just all these wonderful greens you can get even at the supermarket. No. Yeah. But it's always better out of the, out of the garden. <laughs> the only thing about spinach is I, I grow a lot. When I did grow uh -huh. a lot of it, yeah. boy, it, it got eaten by us very quick. You oh. make cream spinach, and oh. uh, you know, you, yeah. a ton of it goes in there. And, and, no, yeah, right, right. You, you need a, a five-gallon bucket of yeah. it to, to have a meal. That's why you know that having that in the uh, in in the fall planting it i can fill up every bed that doesn't have garlic in it or anything else in it then it's first thing uh you know first thing out of the box that's really great but then um in the this uh, perpetual spinach uh so-called um i said there's another place oh baker creek that was the other catalog i got it from 
Uh, I didn't see it in our, you know, uh, uh, high mowing seeds, but, and uh, I didn't see it in Johnny's either, but uh, Baker Creek and the Fedco, uh, they were available there, so. We had a call last week, I think, about radishes. Mm -hmm. for, uh, the high—it just popped into my mind. The how, how the high mowing oh. seeds have a uh, have a, a mixture of different radish <laughs> seeds, and you know you wonder that you know some didn't come up, some. Uh -huh. you know, and uh, I, I find that not only do do the, almost all of them come up, yeah. but such a great variety that yeah. I never would uh, think of uh, you know planting individually. Mm -hmm. And then if there's yeah. something you like, you can do it. But I yeah, highly recommend uh, the high mowing mixed radish seed. You get a nice yeah. variety of. Yeah, they, I think they call them like Easter egg. Uh, yeah. something you know some something that's descriptive. And so you got a purple one, the white one. I'm not sure if it's a radish or a turnip, but it it tastes just like a radish. Mm -hmm. And then the the red, and then there's a pink. And uh, you know, and there's a little, uh, and there's a little variety of uh, or variation of hotness, so you can uh, kind of mm -hmm. sort out if mm -hmm. the next time you want to buy individual ones, which ones you like the best. Yeah. Well, um, in the in the summer when it warms up, I found that that white icicle one yeah. actually grows really well in the warmer weather. Uh -huh. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, once it's once it turns, uh, you know, you just it's hard to get a nice nice radish. Um, but, you know, some years my wife plants them and they, they're perfect. And I don't know what she did to them, but they're perfect. And the magic touch. Even in the hot, yeah, even in the warm weather. But anyway, that's, uh, that's the new thing I tried uh, a few years ago that I really liked was the perpetual spinach. Um, there are quite a, there are a few other things that are new. And I, I did tell people at that class that they could call in questions if they had any. And I uh, gave them the 2441777. But I didn't remember the toll-free 1877-291-8255. I'm not sure if Burlington, if you were calling from Burlington, if you would need the 244 or the, the toll-free. No, they, they both work. Do they? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Uh, A two five five spells talk. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but you still have, still have six other numbers to remember, yeah. which spelled nothing. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. So all I have to remember is the eight seven seven two nine one talk. <laughs> oh, lordy. Well, anyway, we went over the garden basics, you know, the permanent beds, permanent pathways, perfect soil, grid planting, trellises, succession planting, and the garden notebook, <laughs> the all-important garden notebook. But one of the things uh, I didn't talk about, didn't have quite enough time to, was uh, the garden plan. And uh, I have 50 4x4 beds, uh, a couple of 4x8 beds that are extra deep I use for specialty crops like uh, uh, daikon radish uh, or the great big carrots, you know, that, uh, you know the super long ones. And uh, yeah, things like that, that that need a little extra room, you know. Sometimes I plant my potatoes in there too, uh, you know, because uh, I'll plant them deep and then hill them, you know. So the extra depth in the bed is a big help. But most of my boxes are just a four by six. Uh, I'm sorry, four by four 
uh, bed that's made out of a two by six. And this last year, uh, I replaced them after, oh boy, 2005, yeah. So yeah, it's five or six years anyway, you should get about, oh, we got a collar, huh? All right, let's talk to Norm in Bristol. Norm. Hello, Welcome. how are you doing? Well, good, thanks. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. Uh, waiting for the weather to ease up a little bit so I can get back in my garden. <laughs> but um, it was funny you talked about the Johnny Seeds. Yeah. And uh, I had a note here to ask you uh, about that uh, perpetual spinach. And oh, really? I, yeah, I heard <laughs> that they had it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I looked uh, the other day, and I couldn't find it, but, you know, it's they probably do. It's it's so great, I would be surprised. And and that may be by a different name, anyway. Okay, I'll check into that. A uh, place I shop at down here in Middlebury, yeah. there's a lot of Johnny Seeds. Uh-huh. Um, last week, uh, there was a man that called in about the long-tined fork. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was young, my grandfather and my father used to do a lot of haying, and we did it with a dump rake. Yeah. And horses. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one thing that, you know, once you pull the lever on the dump rake, you had a windrow. Yeah, right. So this long-time fort, my grandfather's all he had. It was three times. They were Uh very long. Uh Uh-huh. And we'd use that to roll the windrow into a pile so we could load it onto the wagon. Oh, okay. Did yeah. you have a, a rake for the wagon? I mean, not a rake, but a, I don't know, it's sort of, uh, the, the Amish folks out in uh, Pennsylvania when I lived out there, they had a this, um, you know, it was a rake, basically. It, and it, it was on a, a, a conveyor that went up and then dumped it right on the wagon. Uh, is, is that the kind of thing? Or no, did you we had just, to load it by you, hand. You threw them up there. Oh, boy. Yeah, we had to load it by <laughs> hand. Yeah, they were pretty close to the ground. They weren't, you know, something like the modern-day uh, trailers you see for hay and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so then we used to pick up the scatterings with a wooden tined rake that my grandfather had. Uh-huh. Probably had 15 or so wooden dowels. Oh, yeah, sure. I've seen those. Yeah, I've still got a couple of those. Uh, but that's what we used to do. That's one of my first jobs. And then I graduated up to rolling the windrows. And then I got graduated up to actually being on the uh, dump rake. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was just a graduational thing. But uh, one of the other things uh, that I had is uh, on my note list yeah. was, uh, is it, could I, Side uh, dress uh, garlic now, or should I have done it when I planted it in the fall? Oh no, definitely. You can side dress it now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's uh, it's a good time, particularly with all this rain and stuff, right. and it's really starting to put out. Uh, my my uh, garlic is up about six inches now. Some uh, of the varieties. Yeah, mine is too. Um, okay, I have one more question. Yep. Uh, well, first of all, on the perpetual spinach, I have another note there near it, uh, near that uh, note of mine for for the perpetual. Yeah. And I think there's two different types. There's one called iceberg and one called Nevada. 
Oh, really? Iceberg Nevada. Yeah. Uh, which catalogs are those in? I don't know because I don't. I have got a catalog. I'm going to have to go back and actually dig it out from my pile of catalogs. But <laughs> yeah, that's another thing I've gotten to do. I realized I just had one because I keep all those usually. Uh, yeah, they did send me one, so I'm going to check that out. Okay. I don't know if I got that from that catalog or if I got it from a person that I may have talked to about it. But okay, um, okay. Now the Guilford Cross Turnip. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, Gilfeather. Gilfeather. Oh, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, F e a t h e r. Uh huh. Yep. Okay, and that's from Fedco. Yeah, that's right. And the the it is actually a cross between a turnip and a and a rutabaga. Yeah. Uh, technically, uh, from from what I've read about it, and that was he when when he first uh, uh, started selling those, he would uh, cut the top and the and the bottom off so that you couldn't grow them. He was uh, pretty protective uh, with that uh, <laughs> with his wow. cross there. Been pretty good. Uh, well, they are they are very good. Matter of fact. Um, uh, one of my neighbors, uh, Peter, and he, uh, he he made him, he prepared him just like uh, you would mashed potatoes. Okay, I'll just and, ask you that. How you and, and they were and they were <laughs> they were smooth and creamy and delicious. Uh, they had no, uh, you know, sometimes uh, rutabagas. All of those uh, can have kind of a oh, a strong flavor, you know. But th- these are very good. So are they peeled before you cook them? Yeah, yep. Uh, because mostly because they can be, uh, uh, you know, sort of hairy and rooty. Uh, not as bad as a, yeah. um, a celeriac or anything like that. But um, yeah, that's okay. that's got that off color, uh, off white um, uh, skin on it, and it's a little tougher. So okay, sounds good. All right, okay, I'll try to get hold of. Uh, those two things and uh, have a little longer spinach season. I've got some coming up now that I planted last fall. Yeah, doesn't that work great, though? Oh, yeah, it does. Usually yeah. keep the animals out of it. <laughs> got rabbits around here. I've got well, uh, around there, but uh, I think they've learned to climb it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for one of the uh, yeah sure thanks for the show I'm glad you're back on well good and and me too I'm glad it's that time of year <laughs> oh yeah finally <laughs> as long as we don't get any snow tonight oh uh, no let the snow come it'll be yeah, poor man fertilizer right <laughs> that's what they say I've heard that quite a few yeah. times <laughs> alright well have a good day yep Th- okay, you bye too bye. Thank thanks you. for calling Lines are open at uh, 244-1777 and 877-291-8255. This program made possible by a number of fine sponsors. And let's hear from a couple of our clients as we head toward part two of In the Garden. And it's back in the garden with Peter Burke. Yeah. So um, just searching online to see if I can find... uh uh, any other sources of that perpetual spinach, but uh, uh, it was only the Fetcos and the uh, Bakers that I could find it on. Um, I think that there, I don't know, there's a, some other ones, but you just never quite know, um, you know, if they really are. It says they have it on Amazon. There you go. <laughs> What can't you buy on Amazon? <laughs> yeah, right. There's uh, another one called Rare Seeds, but I, I actually think that's uh, that's uh, another name for the bakers. So, anyway, if you want to try it, look it up. 
and it's well worth uh, well worth trying to find. Uh, I'm actually going to call Johnny's, and I'll let you know next week and and see if they are high mowing. Have something like that, and they just call it a dozen different name. You know, that's that happens fairly often. And uh, uh, because uh, they. <laughs> There was a another uh, another uh, website thing called it uh, Leaf Beat. <laughs> there so, you go. Sounds like a band that would play in the, <laughs> the Monkey House in Manuski here. <laughs> the Beatles, yeah, right. the Leaf Beatles. <laughs> well, we we've seen a few of those right. in our day. Well, it's funny. One of the ladies at the class today was. Um, was talking about she had literally hundreds of rabbits and it reminded me of you uh, and uh, I have one photograph and it's a it's a very simple lightweight frame that fits right over the 4 by 4 bed and uh, it's uh, square you know so it's 4 foot by 4 foot square and probably about 2 feet high and then it's all covered top bottom and sides not bottom I'm sorry all the four sides and the top with um, uh, chicken wire and so that is a, a pretty bulletproof it, it wouldn't work for uh, chipmunks but it would definitely it definitely works for the larger critters I think a chipmunk can go through a the chicken, chicken wire. You'd need to, to use like a hardware cloth to keep the chipmunks out. But you can, if you really need to, um, you can create that. Uh, well, what I've been calling the fortress, right? <laughs> you, you have to have sort of a, a fortress mentality. Oh, you got another caller, and is that Jim? Jim in Brookfield. It is. How are you? Jim's nice to nice to talk to you. What's going on? I had a, a friend that back in New Jersey that used to do a, a coal frame. Yeah. I've never done one myself. And I was wondering, I've never heard you mention them. Is it because they're not practical here or? No, my my only objection to cold frames is that it's it's kind of an art form. You have to be able to um, open it up uh, when the weather turns uh, sunny or warm. And m m several times in my experience with the cold frame is that I, because I, you know, I work a regular you know, 40, 50 hour, hour week, um, uh, I would leave, I would see it looked like it was snowing and raining. I would go to work and leave it down and it would, uh, you know, come out sunny and then burn up everything and there's that took a few times but um if you can you know if you can tend to it um cold friends are are very effective i know the uh the woodchuck series he uses those a fair amount um for uh uh you know for growing things early on but you know it it's something that you have to have the time uh to tend them to watch over them it's not really unlike a lot like a like a greenhouse you know a greenhouse is is something that you have to tend to it can get too hot as well as too cold um i know uh i had uh, uh heirloom tomatoes in one of my greenhouses and they produced uh, fruit right along until about August and then they just stopped setting any fruit and it was too hot in there uh, you know it was, it was over 85 degrees and that's too hot for tomatoes so you know um, 
uh, yeah, there there can be very uh, a very useful tool for early early on. But I was going to a small one, you know, and just put a spinach, maybe some radishes and uh, yeah, and lettuce. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, just make sure you have a stick handy that you can open it up enough that it doesn't get too hot. That's yeah, that's my, what I was going to do. Use a window frame and yep. put hinges on it. Mm-hmm. And I tried one of those solar things, but um, oddly enough, those solar vents uh, don't work well in cold weather, just when you think you need them. They're really more for a greenhouse when it, in the summer, when it gets too hot, it'll open up a window. It's not really for cold weather. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're sure, Jim. Yep. (laughs) Thanks. All right. And so we have uh, Brenda in Huntington. And, or is Al next up? Brenda, okay. Brenda, Brenda. hey, Hello. Brenda. Hi. Um, could, you talk, could you talk a little bit about uh, scab and potatoes? Um, I hope I don't feed back here. Um, I, you know, I do rotate my potatoes, uh-huh. um, and it sort of goes back and forth a little bit. And then for the first time, I got scab. Yeah. And uh, in my potatoes, and yeah. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, the um, common the the common thing with um, uh, the that creates them, at least the one that I've heard the most of, is using uh, fresh manure. Okay. And and that. Um, there are scab-resistant potato varieties, and so uh-huh. if it's a, if it's a you know a big problem for you, then you might want to just look a little closer for a variety that that is scab-resistant. Um, but also, uh, I don't know if you if you're using uh, uh, fresh manure at no, all. No, no. But I did read that uh, sometimes it's caused by a streptococcal infection. Yeah, yeah. That that's generally that that is what it is. That's yeah, what you're okay. looking at. And, um, you know, scab is funny because um, it's more of a cosmetic yes. problem than it yeah. is. Uh, and, and the infection, in a sense, it isn't like, a, uh, you know, like a late blight that ruins the crop. It just more or less, it looks bad, like it, it has terrible. warts. On <laughs> <laughs> I know, we just, I just kind of brushed the potatoes and tried to get as much of the dirt out of those little uh-huh, yeah. divots and then just ate them anyway. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, right, right. I mean, uh, I, sometimes when I make my uh, potato leek soup, uh, soup I, I peel them and sometimes I don't. And, uh, but for does the most pH, part... Oh, does pH play a factor? Well... They say that you you want um, you want a more alkaline, more or less a pH higher than five point five, which I you know most most gardens are like that. But yeah. that would be something uh, that it would be useful to have a test kit for, um, because sometimes you have a more acidic uh, um, soil than than you think. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's more alkaline than you think. We, we sort of get in the habit of putting lime in, so sometimes it, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a little too... Too alkaline? Too that, alkaline, yeah. What is, what is wood ash? Is that... That's alkaline. That, that's alkaline, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to hang up. 
if you, you want to keep talking about this, I ha yeah, because my I'm cooking my lunch and I oh. don't want to burn it. Oh well, I don't want you to burn either. <laughs> so I will continue. I'll to be work right over. Okay. <laughs> what are <Okay>. we having? <laughs> are you serious? Uh, uh, no, no, no okay, I'm only we'll kidding you. you. I'm just okay. being a silly guy. All right. Okay. Thanks, but thanks so, much. so much for calling, Brenda. Yep. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a jerk. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Brenda. Really, I but I'm gonna I'm gonna go over Brenda, so make a double point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we we kid around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is lunchtime, and I haven't had anything since coffee this morning. So, <laughs> oh, and we have uh, Al in Williamstown. Uh, yes, Al. Hey, uh, Al. Uh, the crows did a number on my land, my lawn last year during the drought. Okay. What I need is the best recommendation for grass seed here in Vermont. Okay. What did you say? The, the what did a number? Crows. Crows, really? Oh, oh, they just ripped me apart. Wow. Wow, that's something. And uh, actually, from my deck, I was watching one, and it brought back a patch about to oh, a square foot. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that they were that strong to do that. Yeah, I, that surprised me. What kind of grass is it? I mean, is it a specific, like a, um, or it was just regular common grass? or? Uh, it's, it's common grass, I guess. Uh, I'm here for 30 years, and uh, they yeah. did the grass for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I did put in one patch, and it's yellow, but it will eventually turn green. I, I have no idea what that grass was, but uh, w what do you have in mind for grass here? Well, um, frankly, I would just go to Agway or Blue Seal and say, okay, what's your most common, you know, what works well? And they have a, mm -hmm, a, a mix that has a little uh, clover in it, a little fescus, a little bit of... Uh, and it's a, it's a good mix, and we use it quite a bit. Um, uh, when uh, I, <laughs> when the plow comes, you know, to do our yeah, uh, yeah, it usually peels up a few uh, a few spots where we have to regrow. But you know, I I would look a little closer and see if there isn't uh, a lot of grubs in there because I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're going for. Is the grass sort of a victim of something else, more or less? Are they, uh, have you been able to observe to see if maybe they weren't going for grubs in there? Uh, that I have not. I, uh, I have repatched it and so on, but they came back and I did it again. And I'm going to have to put up, make some scarecrows too, I guess, yeah. for the... Yeah. Whether they work or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you you might just try uh, to distract them, uh, like with a corn or something like that, that they that they might get distracted with to to leave your other stuff alone. But I I would also look to see if there isn't watch them a little carefully and see if they're actually, you know, digging in and and swallowing up grubs because that that could be the problem. Mm -hmm. But uh, crows, just ask anyone who grows corn, uh, the, uh, the crows really do love corn. Then they'll, they'll, um, they'll eat a lot of corn out of a field, no question about that. Well, but the point is, I don't want to attract them to come here either. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so is there, um, uh, how long are they usually there? 
good question. Probably early in the morning, but uh, I have seen them uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning. But, and, and they're so smart. The minute I open the door, wham, they oh. fly away. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you must have a roost or a rookery uh, nearby. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't realize this, but they, they all head to one rookery, you know, uh, lo you know, centrally located where they all fly to at night. Which I didn't realize, but um, yeah, I was trying to think of any other way because with the grass, it's not like you could throw, a, you know, a protection over it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't have a dog. I do now. Yeah, I have a little rescue girl. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you you know you you might wrestle with a black puppet and see if (laughs) 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 you could encourage her because well you You know know, that's interesting you're talking about a rookery because I have a neighbor oh probably 300 yards up the road from me and they completely destroyed his lawn oh for heaven's sakes yeah there there must be a rookery close by for for you to have that many crows. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I would try to find something. I'm trying to think of anything that that would not uh, attract them. But uh, um, usually, like a crabgrass, has actually a, a very hardy uh, root system, you know. And uh-huh. it's, I mean, it's thick like spaghetti, really. And uh, I would guess if they're doing if they're doing anything, it must be that there's a that form of grass. I would try to, you know, um, since since it's all well, I guess you're going to have to try a few things. I would put down a, a couple of sheets of black plastic and uh, try a couple of different kinds of grass, mm-hmm. and, as well as the the mix one that I was talking about, and see you know see which one see which one. Uh, um, uh, they don't like. Well, I was thinking about uh, clover. Do you think that if that would be too much or clover? Yeah. Oh no, I, that's a it's a big part of them that uh, they call it conservation mix. Mm-hmm. Okay, that helps. I'll go to Agway and talk to them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know. Call back, would you? We'll we'll do. Peter, have a good day. Yeah, Thank you too. Yeah, bye bye. Thank you. Our program is In the Garden with Peter Burke. Your phone call is always welcome, and we owe our program to our fine sponsors. And let's take this break right now to uh, hear from them. And uh, once again, for our final 15 minutes this edition, we go back to Peter Burke, In the Garden. Final 15 minutes? Well, there are What are you talking about? <laughs> Jeez, well, we, we stretch it a little bit. <laughs> Certainly if somebody's calling. And, and Peter, if you have a definite point to make, we don't want to leave you in mid-syllable. <laughs> well, I, I want to go back to Brenda a little bit because uh, there was a couple things that uh, we touched on, uh, but I'd like to go back to um, definitely do a soil test because the um, y- it... it it's unusual for um, the soil in Vermont to be uh, alkaline. That's that's unusual. So before you actually treat it, you want to make sure. Now, uh, uh, Ed, in his book, always swore by using uh, um, 
you know, fall leaves in his garden uh, where he was going to plant his potatoes. He said that was a, a sure, that was the best potatoes you ever get is when you, you know, stock up the bed with, uh, with leaves. Some people will use like a pine needle too, but uh, his, his, he swore by the, the, um, the, gar the tree leaves, you know, maple leaves or whatever. And you just either put them on top or turn them in the first uh, six inches. The other thing is, and, and this is a common problem for all gardeners, is that um, they're more likely to get scab if the soil is dry. And it's, it's, a, um, it's a tricky business because you may say, oh, well, we had this rain today, but you don't r always get the penetration that you need, more or less. It needs, the water needs to get down to the roots of the plant and not necessarily make the plant wet or the top of the soil wet. So even if you had a rain like today, you want to actually burrow your finger down in and see if it's dry down below. And, that, and because the potatoes are grow so deep, you know, sometimes the watering isn't complete enough, isn't deep enough. So this, this is uh, the dry soil is also um, one of the causes of scab. So um, put together that and, uh, uh, you know, you could, there's, uh, they recommend using, uh, you know, some people recommend using the uh, sulfur to acidify the soil. Um, but that's that's kind of hit or miss because a lot of times one year I'll plant the um, potatoes and the next year I'll plant the radishes there and the radishes like a you know a seven on the on the pH scale and so um, you you don't necessarily want to acidify your soil you know on a permanent basis. Okay, that's all I had to say. And you got somebody here. Oh, Dick from Waterbury. Hey, Dick. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How about yourself? Good, good. Hey, uh, when you are transplanting your uh, starts, yeah, what do you use for material? For material? Yeah, you use a. I've been using a, sometimes a potting soil and a compost mixture, or just plain compost. Well, it sort of depends on what it is, uh, because the rule of thumb is uh, potting soil doesn't have anything really to fertilize. It's just uh, it's only um, just for sprouting the seed. Once the seed is up, uh, you have to either feed them with a, a liquid, you know, like a fish and seaweed. Um, and like with a tomato, you'll want to move that into a larger pot. But if it's just lettuces, then you can move it outside, then you move it outside. So um, everything starts with a with the basic uh, uh, germination mix, and that's just peat moss, vermiculite, uh, perlite, and I think a little bit of lime, and sometimes a wetting agent. That's just your straight germination mix. There's right. no, nothing in there that that feeds the plant. So. Right. So after that, when you put them in a larger pot, what are you using? Well, then you're using a, a grow mix, you know, and uh, whether it's uh, all of the... Well, Grow Solar has a, a great grow mix, and it does have some uh, compost in it. So that, you know, you don't want to overdo it on the compost or anything because you get leggy uh, sets. But uh -huh. it does need some nutrition, and you will need to um, uh, feed them even if there's a little compost in that mix. So you'll need to feed them uh, um, 
like it's the same thing with a fish emulsion or a fish a seaweed. Um, right, which I do. I, I kind of cut that down, and when yeah. I water them, I just kind of water them with that mixture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, let me ask, why are you asking? Are you having a problem? Well, no, because it's just, um, you know, if you have a lot of starch, which I do, uh-huh. it takes a lot of material when you're transplanting into oh, a yeah. large pot. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I've been to grow compost, and I've picked up a bucket of, you know, a couple buckets of compost, but I see they also have the... The garden compost. So basically, what's the difference? Um, they have actually quite a few different uh, levels of compost, and one is, you know, uh, actually, I'm not even sure they sell a germination mix, which is has no compost in it whatsoever. But they have a a, a couple of grow mixes. Um, so you want the one that's, you know, uh, let's see, what do they call it? Uh, um, I can't remember the name of it. Well, anyway, well, um, it's the it's the um, it's a starter mix, just like a germination, but I I think it has the compost in it. Okay. And that's the one that you want. Um, yeah. When you go up there, just ask them which one to transplant into, and they can tell you. But even that, you know, you still have to keep up with the fertilizer because there's right. not that much in there. You know, it's right. it's not a... Um, and that should have a, a, you know, peat moss. It should still have vermiculite in it, and but it'll probably have a manure or something. So that way you're you're beyond the, they're large enough that you won't have a problems with uh, damp off, you know. Yeah. And that's the reason you start with your germination mix is that you're, if, it, if there's too much nutrients or micro, um, uh, microbiological activity in the soil, then you're more likely to have a problem with damp off. So that's why uh, sometimes people will call a germination mix a sterile mix. And it's, you know, not sterile like operating room, but it doesn't have any dirt or any compost in it that that could uh, create a problem with damp off. Mm-hmm. Once they get larger, you know, they're, they're not that susceptible. And so you can, you know, that's when you start to add your you know, stuff that has biological activity like a compost or... You know, right. things like that. Right. Now, I heard and, you talking uh, earlier on cold frames, and yeah. uh, for mine, uh, I put my first one up here a couple weeks ago, and, you know, things are really doing great in it. But yeah. um, what I did is rather than going down every day and kind of making sure it's open, I just put in a, a stick in each corner just to let some air through it, yeah. let some air circulate. If I yeah. know it's going to be really warm, like it's been a couple of days, and I open it up, but otherwise I just yeah. let it let it go like that, and it's yeah. been fine. Yeah, as long as I mean, if you know you're going to get a hard frost, you know, then yeah. then you need to close it up. But and that's like a, uh, what I was pointing out is that you know they they work well as long as you you know you make adjustments as needed. Because um, you know uh, it does it will literally break your heart to go and find all of them burnt to a crisp because you didn't you know <laughs> you didn't realize the sun was coming out one afternoon right <laughs> and, okay uh, all right um, Dick thanks for the call and I appreciate it and uh, okay. so hey what what are you growing yeah. anyway if you have all oh, those transplants um, I've got radishes beets lettuce. 
I mean, they're all up. I, I expect I may even have radishes within a couple of weeks. Oh, going fant- oh, there you go. Way to yeah. go. Yeah, I got a good start on them. Good, good. So, I can taste them now. <laughs> yep. All right. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Dick. Yeah. Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah, I did check on the uh, Grow Compost uh, website. Oh, did you? And they've got, well, of course, their compost is their principal product, but they have mixtures, and the grow seed is their starting, what they call grow seed, which is the compost peat moss, vermiculite, and minerals. And then it goes to grow, grow garden, which is, a, uh, they describe it as a rich mix of grow compost, peat moss, and our living topsoil. So they have various grades of uh, of uh, products, and they do have topsoil, and they do have for patio grow- growing, etc., as uh-huh. well as mulch. So, yeah, yeah certainly, if, uh, if if transplanting is at all confusing, uh, they certainly uh, not only are, are experts in the area, but they've got uh, big vats that you can fill up those bags and take it with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, boy, if you want to see a beautiful garden, just go and, and uh, when you drive up the driveway on the right-hand side, they got the beautiful... Uh, permanent beds there of course they they probably uh it's probably pretty easy to find a little compost there (laughs) i always remember the time that they were moving compost around with a big backhoe and i i just needed a couple of bags for a couple of containers that i was doing i had them driving the convertible with the top down oh boy and he said he asked me want me to fill it up for you It's like a whole new twist on I, filler I, I, up, isn't it? I, 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 I probably, if he, if he had done it, I probably just would have planted petunias and had the most interesting convertible in, in town. It just parked it, parked it under the uh, the eaves, there. right? <laughs> so it gets regular watering. Yeah, um, it's interesting, uh, and, and uh, that's a it's a great website. Uh, the um, the grow compost and it's just growcompost.com and uh, if you look under their products they have a grow compost and a grow garden and a topsoil and a patio mix for uh, 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 for containers and stuff and so you know you'll see um, oh yeah they do have a seed mix that's just for for um, uh, germination so uh, yeah that's that's a, a great place to start right there and uh, so we have, um, we got anybody else on? No, no I guess uh, you uh, can uh, r- wrap things up, and uh, but no time limit on you either. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so don't, 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 don't leave us in mid-sentence well, or mid-thought. Well, I really would like um, to hear what people are growing that's new that they've tried for the first time. And I, I mentioned uh, um, growing tomatillas once and uh that was uh inspiration i was over at uh richard wiswell's plate the the cape farm and uh they had uh tomatillas and i thought well what the heck i've never you know i've never tried those and uh i just i the spot i had for them was a was a trellis and i thought well you know it looks a lot like a tomato and um, and then I had another spot that was on the ground, and uh, I found out that the growing them on the trellis was by far a much better way to go, because the ones on the ground, the uh, have you ever seen the the tomatillas? They have that like paper wrapper. Oh yeah, you know. In fact, the first I, I grew some my first year without even knowing really what they, <laughs> I would do with them or whether they would grow or not. They they grew beautifully and yeah. high, and I yeah. wish I had a trellis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
because uh, if they're on the ground, they tend to, in, in my garden, they tend to get um, the uh, earwigs in them. The uh-huh. earwigs climb in that uh, paper, and then they, you know, they're they're all over the place. And then uh, they also tend to uh, have problems with. Um, uh, with other critters if they're on the ground. So I, I like the trellis quite a bit. Um, it's it's kind of a funny... Uh, they have these really long stems that come out the sides. And uh, I've tried a couple of different ways, but generally I'll... I'll to, to manage them, and so... But generally I'll just sort of tie those onto the onto the trellis as well. So it, it looks like quite a mass of green there. You know, and uh, they will produce during the summer, and you can pick some. Uh, but usually at the end of the summer is when I do most of that, and then I make this fresh salsa. And I'm telling you, Joel, I, I'm going to have to bring in some in for you because I've never brought it in for you, have I? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, you use a sweet like Vidalia onion mm-hmm. with the with the tomatillas and uh, fresh peppers, and then a little bit of jalapeno pepper. Wow. And uh, then I'll use even uh, some celery, and I chop the stuff up really fine, like an eighth inch, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, I'll do a couple of tomatoes, and, and I like a little red pepper in there. Yeah. And then you put uh, some balsamic vinegar and uh, some um, olive oil. And then a little bit of salt in there. And that is the most delicious fresh salsa you will wow. ever have. It's very, very good. Wow. Well worth it. And everything, almost everything out of the, right out of the garden. Everything too. right out of the garden, yeah. 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 And we, that was uh, one new thing that I tried that uh, is a keeper. We, we like those a lot. Well, I thank you, Peter. And uh, we, you, let's see, will we be back next week in the garden? I'm just trying to check with the uh, yeah. with the Red Sox uh, schedule. I do believe we will be. Yeah, let's see. It'll be uh, Saturday the 27th, and uh, that's today. So yeah. it, so it'll be. Um, so it's next May Saturday, May fourth, yeah. and the Red Sox will be playing the White Sox in the evening. So uh, there you go. We will be here May next 4th week. We're on then in okay. the garden. Thank you, Peter. Any questions? Yeah. Peter Burke brought to you during the noon hour on Saturdays by V's Flower and Garden Shop. They have all you need to get started and to continue with your gardens. They're on Main Street right on the main drag in Waitsfield. Also, your locally owned Agway store, seeds and feeds and a whole lot more on Route 2 in Montpelier. By the Willie Store, your true value hardware store right near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm. Clausen's.com, they're right there in Colchester. 
By Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal, and yard store. Locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston. By Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By PNR Lumber, your complete local lumber store on Route 15 in Wolcott. And by Grow Compost, we were talking about them, compost, soils, mulches, and expert gardening advice on Route 2 in Moortown. And the website we were talking about, growcompost.com. I'm Joel Nashman. Be sure to join Peter Burke in the garden next week once again here on WDEV. Oh,